Well, welcome. It is good to see so many here in the South Hills right now, and this is a service that all our campuses join us. I want to welcome all those in Rostraver, Robinson, Washington, Wilkinsburg, DeBerry, and many, many of our church family members join us online. And one of those couples uh, who's been joining us online during the past six months are the Gettys. Uh, Wally and Millie Getty have been in our church for 21 years. And uh, Millie sent me a nice note about two weeks ago, and I called her, and we chatted, and then uh, Wally got on the phone. He's been battling some health concerns. But in that conversation, they mentioned that this past week, they celebrated 65 years of marriage. And I said, well, you're not with us, yes. I said, I would have you stand up if you were in the worship center. But I'm going to recognize you while you're online. So for the Gettys, congratulations, 65 years of marriage and a great example, a great example of the commitment of a husband and a wife. So congratulations to the Gettys. And uh, we just are appreciative that even during this, this time that we've had the past six months that we can continue to meet as one church online or in person at all our campuses. So let's pray and ask God to, to lead us uh, today. Father, we come before you and uh, we thank you. Uh, for Wally and Millie and their commitment to marriage, we thank you for the fact they planted roots 21 years ago here at the Bible Chapel. And they continue, continue uh, to invest and be an example of, of, a, of a marriage between a husband and a wife committed uh, under your headship as their Lord and Savior. So thank you for the Gettys. And I pray you'll watch over uh, Wally during this time of of health concern and Millie as she ministers to her husband of 65 years. And God, we thank you for our church. We thank you for the Bible Chapel, that we uh, have this ability to meet together across all our campuses each weekend. And as we'll talk about today, that through the power of your spirit, we stay united as, our, as one church during this time. So Father, we ask that you would teach us as only you can. Let the words that come out of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be honoring and pleasing to you. In Christ's name, amen. So I grew up as a child and teenager uh, throughout the 1980s into the early 90s. And as one of three boys, my parents, their main concern for my health and safety was physically just what house I was at, what park, what baseball field, because the digital world was just getting started. Uh, for you teenagers or children, uh, when I was in high school, this was my experience on the internet. Ready? <laughs> and at that point, you would just give up, right? Who remembers those days? <laughs> yeah, bulk of the people in the worship. So for my parents... Uh, they were mainly concerned about my, my physical safety, where I was. But today's parents, we need to monitor what our kids are doing, not just physically out and about with their friends, but even more importantly, digitally. And in 2012, when uh, the digital age was taking off specifically in the, the 2010 to 12 era is when the next generation apps were coming out, such as Snapchat and Instagram. Uh, the McAfee, which is an online security company, they sponsored a study that found this after interviewing thousands of teenagers. 
70% of teens hide their online behavior from their parents. And from that, to no surprise, an industry was born. And today, many people, many parents use some form of online monitoring with their children. 61%, according to the Pew Research Center, uh, parents use either some form of in-house monitoring or apps on their phone to watch over their children's safety online. The digital era was a game changer. Parents now are trying to keep their kids safe physically, but also what they're doing online. Parents, we know we only have a few precious years when our children are born where we truly have some form of complete control of their safety. It doesn't take long, though, as they get older in this physical and digital world where we come to understand that we can't be there all the time with them. Their, their full safety and care are outside of our hands. There's, there's many times where we start to realize they can even hide things from us. As parents, we, we often desire, I wish I could be omnipresent with my kids. Just, just know that they're okay, but we don't have that ability or gift. God does. God does have that as one of his attributes. And that's the focus of our weekend as we're near the end of this study that we have entitled, No God, Tough Questions, Real Answers. We're gonna look at this question this weekend. Can I hide from God? Can you hide from the living God? In order to answer that question, we're gonna look at two areas of God's presence. We're first going to nail down the essence of God's presence, the nature of his presence, and then we're going to look at how do we experience the presence of God. So let's begin with the essence of God's presence. That question is actually not a tough question. It's crystal clear in scripture. Can someone hide from God? Scripture is clear. No, we cannot. Proverbs 15.3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. When it comes to the essence of God's presence, he is unlimited in respect to both time and space. We put it simply this way. The essence of God's presence is everywhere. Now, God is distinct from his creation. We don't hold to what pantheism is, which is everything is God. So God's the stage. I'm a God. The chair you're in at home or here is God. No, no. God is distinct from his creation, yet he is present at all points in his creation. And we can never think of God as having parts. It's not like part of God is with the Washington or Wilkinsburg campus right now, and part of God is with us in the South Hills. No, no, no. God is fully present with his entire being in all points of his creation. That's what that word omnipresent means. God is wholly present at all times and all places. Therefore, we, we can't use our, our finite uh, limited thinking of presence when it comes to God. We can't put him in terms of size or space. God's presence is limitless. 
There's no point in creation that gets just a part of God's presence. Every part gets all of God. Therefore, there is no place you can go or hide where he is not already fully there. Jeremiah chapter 23 speaks this way, speaking uh, uh, in the prophecy of God, am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and I'm not a God far away. Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth declares the Lord. I love uh, King Solomon when he had finished the long-awaited temple. They waited for this physical house of God promised to his father David. And Solomon's at the dedication of the temple. You would think he would be proud and enthusiastic. I finally built this physical house of worship for God, but yet he stepped back in humility after looking at this amazing building he built. And he said this of God, But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you, much less this house that I have built. As limited human beings, it's hard for us to really comprehend God's omnipresence. Parents, probably just today, you're at one child's baseball game and therefore you had to skip the other child's dance recital. We, we long to be in two places at one time. Therefore, it's hard for us to comprehend which every attribute goes back to the first one we hit. God is incomprehensible. How God is fully present at all times and in all places, but he is. He's God. And scripture makes that crystal clear. So if the essence of God's presence is everywhere, the next question is, how do we then experience God? How do I experience the presence of God? Well, this one gets much more one-to-one you and God. You see, the experience of God's presence is very personal. It is personal between you and God. Our experience with God is personal because in scripture we see it's all based off this word relationship, relationship. When scripture speaks of being far or near from God, it does not speak in in terms of space or physical, like God's over here and I'm here. No, when scripture speaks of someone being far or near from God, it's all about relationship. It's all about your heart to his, your character to his, spiritually your state to his. Because God's presence is right here. It's not about space or physical distance. It's about the distance of your heart and where you're at spiritually with him. I related to this. So I was literally sitting at my desk discerning through this message and writing and I looked across uh, my, my office and I have these two chairs. I have these two chairs that sit two feet apart. I've had many different couples sit in those chairs. Every single couple is exactly two feet apart, but every single relationship is vastly different. I've had engaged couples sit there finishing marriage counseling. It's like they just want to jump over the two foot line all over each other. I'm like, chill out. You're almost there. You're almost there. Wedding day's coming. Love is in the air, right? 
I mean, you can feel it. Then I've had couples sit there two feet apart, and they might as well be on different continents. They don't look at each other. One or the other doesn't even want to be in the room with the other. Inwardly, they're not connected at all. Vastly different relationship. God's essence is right here for every person in this room, every person online, every person on campus. But the question is, what relationship do you have with him? Where are you spiritually with the Lord today? You see, we can group the experience of God between one and other person, two types of people, where there's a vast difference between the two. And I want to start with the first group. This is the unbeliever. The one who has never trusted in Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Here's your experience to the presence of God. One word, absence. The experience of the presence of God is absent from your life as we speak. If you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you do not have a relationship with the living God. Therefore, you do not have his presence in your life. The essence of his presence is all around you, but you specifically do not have his presence in your life. Jesus said this in John 14, 6. He says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father. No one has a relationship. No one experiences the presence of God without coming through me, trusting in me. Even though the essence of God's presence is all around the unbeliever, Without Jesus in your life, you are not experiencing the presence of God. Paul used this word multiple times in his letters to speak of this separation from God. You are alienated from God. You are separated from his presence. I was thinking this week, to be honest, when, when a tragedy hits our nation or something in our community and I see a newscaster say this, or I see a celebrity on Twitter, or someone whom I know in my sphere of life who I believe from every evidence I see in their life, they don't have a relationship with the Lord. And I see them post or say, my thoughts and prayers are with, I kind of cringe. I'm saddened. Because if they've never trusted in Jesus, who are they praying to? What relationship are they referring to? Do they know that the presence of God is not even in their life? They're praying to a God whom they have no relationship with. Proverbs 15, 29, the Lord is, the Lord is far from the wicked. Put sinner in there. One who is separated from God. But he hears the prayer of the righteous. For us, those who are in Christ. And without Jesus in one life, that absence of God's presence in their life, if they are still in that state when they breathe their last breath, that absence is now sealed for eternity. 
never to experience the presence of God for everlasting and everlasting. First Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians 1.9, speaking to an unbeliever, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. If you're with us today, online at one of our campuses here in the South Hills today, and you have never trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we want you to know that God's presence is right in front of you. The essence of his presence is all around you, and our prayer is today, today, by trusting in Jesus, you finally experience the presence of the living God in your life. You can't hide from God. There's many times. I remember my, my dad's a track chaplain at a horse track, and many horsemen would say, Reverend, if I come in your chapel, the walls will cave in. Do you know how much of a sinner? And my dad would often say, I don't, but God does. He knows everything you've done. He's seen everything. Actually, he's going to know sins you're about to commit. God loves you. Scripture says in Psalm 139, he knit you together in your mother's womb. You're not a mistake. He knows the day that you will breathe your last breath on this earth. He knows the name of the driver of the hearse who will drive you to your grave. He knows every sin you have committed. He knows every sin you will commit it, and he still says, I love you. I desire to have a personal relationship with you. So much so, my son, the eternal son of God, he became like you by taking on flesh, living the perfect life that you can never live, and he died on the cross to bear your sin. God desires for his presence not to be all around you, but to be in you and to have an eternal relationship with him. Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrated. He just didn't say he loves you. He demonstrated in this. While you are a sinner, just like you are right now, Jesus Christ died for you. In scripture, I love it. <clears throat> in scripture, Jesus is given this, this beautiful name. 700 years before he was born, it was prophesied through Isaiah with this name. And then Matthew, in Matthew's account of his birth, Matthew again reiterates this beautiful name for Jesus. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. That beautiful name means God with us. Jesus is the pinnacle of experiencing the presence of God. The eternal son of God took on flesh, walked this earth, became like one of us in order to redeem us by his shed blood on the cross. Have you trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you professed that I know I'm a sinner like everyone else? And God, I, I truly believe there is nothing I can do to earn my way to you. And that's why you sent your son, Emmanuel, God with us. 
I believe he died on the cross for my sin. He was buried and he rose again. He defeated sin and death. I believe that. And today I trust in you. If you're online with us right now at any one of our campuses and and we would love to meet with you, talk with you this week, you can do something as simple as this. If you text TRUST to 31996, that is just a text, but that allows us to know, allows us to know that this weekend you want to say, that's it. I'm ready to, to have the presence of God in my life for eternity. We will, we will have a pastor at one of our campuses follow up with you right away. Have you trusted in Jesus? Because here's the beauty, here's the beauty, here's the beauty. When a person goes from dead in their sin to alive in Jesus Christ, that experience of God's presence in your life changes immediately for eternity. And it never goes away. Because the second person's the believer. And the experience of God's presence for the believer is eternal security. Spiritually, you are eternally secure in Jesus. When you trust in Jesus, Scripture says that presence of God, right, the essence of God's presence literally takes up residence in your heart. Ephesians chapter 1, 13 and 14 says, In Jesus you also, when you heard that word of truth, the salvation gospel, the good news of Jesus, and you believed in Jesus, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee, the guarantee of your salvation that you will spend eternity with the living God. And not only is eternal life secured in Jesus, we begin to, the moment you trust in Jesus, your eternal life begins that day. And daily you start experiencing the presence of God in your life that you did not have before. When you open up scripture and you read the Bible, you begin to understand it like never before. Why? Because it's the spirit of God in your life. The presence of God in the life of the believer who illuminates her mind to understand God's word. 1 Corinthians 2.11 says, For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. You see, even the church, church family, we get so frustrated with the world, right? How can they view marriage that way, gender that way, these things? Well, they don't have the spirit of God in their life. They don't understand the truth of God until they trust in Jesus. So what we should do is preach the gospel, that God would transform them. Because only when they trust in Jesus does the spirit of God, the presence of God, take up root in their heart, and then they can understand the truth of God's word. Through the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life, we are also gifted spiritually by the Holy Spirit to serve his church, 1 Peter 4.10, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. God will show you how he has wired you and gifted you to serve his church. You are uniquely designed and the Spirit of God equips you to serve his church. Only through Jesus and the Spirit of God in your life do you actually experience not temporary but everlasting joy, hope, and peace. Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. How does a believer have joy and hope and peace in the midst of this life. It's not our power. It's the spirit of God. 
the presence of the living God in our life. Through the Spirit of God in our life, we also experience this right here at our campuses online. We experience eternal community. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, for in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. We become the body of Christ. What unites us in a world full of division is the spirit of the living God, his presence in our life that unites us. And we're still not immune to the trials of this life. Where do you go to when you need comfort? The believer is guaranteed this. 2 Corinthians 1.3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. His mercies are new every day and he is the God of all comfort. And here's the beautiful, there are moments in our life where we literally don't even know where to start. I don't even know how to start praying on this one. And scripture says with the presence of God in your life, the spirit is already interceding for you. Romans 8, 26, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. When we do not know what we ought to pray for, the Spirit intercedes for us through wordless groans. And in Jesus, through the Holy Spirit in one's life, the experience of God, going back to the beginning, is a never-ending experience. covid earthly relationships that become estranged, even death itself cannot separate you from the presence of God in your life. Romans 8, 38 and 39, for I'm sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you have that eternal security in your life? Do you have the presence of the living God in your life today? If not, stop hiding from God. He's already right there. He always has been, always will. Will you finally trust in Jesus? Realize he's the only way to a relationship with the living God. And today can be the day the presence of the living God is experienced in your life for good. And believers, I, I know some of you guys are going through stuff right now. It's hard. That's hard. We are not exempt in this life as believers from not going through the lowest valleys or the highest mountaintops. I was thinking this week, so this past Wednesday, we had our first Wednesday congregational prayer time. If you, don't, if you haven't joined us, we invite you to. Every first Wednesday, Ron and I lead, uh, and sometimes we have guests with us. Uh, we lead a, a congregational time of prayer. I always leave those prayer nights refreshed, but also a wide range of emotions. Because as we pray for our church family, we hit a mountaintop, and then we quickly hit a valley, and we see your requests come in live, like we don't, we don't prep for this. As you're sending them in, we see them and they pop up on our screen. This past week, we had someone, praise God, after six months of being unemployed, they got a job and, and we praise God. And then, and then like a few requests later, 
someone got laid off. Mountaintop Valley. We celebrate the Getty 65 years, 65 years. We celebrate marriage and anniversaries and then we'll see a request pop up. Pray for me. My husband left. Pray for our marriage. We see a request that says, praise God that we, we were nervous, got tested for COVID, came back negative, and we're, and we're thankful for that. And then just a few requests later, it pops up on the screen this past week, my, my husband was diagnosed with cancer. The hardest ones, to be honest, are the, the pop-ups with kids involved. We often see them pop up on a screen. You know, my grandson was born or our son was born with the name and Ron and I look at each other and smile and praise God for the life. And then uh, every time we meet, it seems like this. There's a, there's a pop-up request that says, pray for so-and-so who lost their baby. We've had a few about young children who have died in accidents. And I'll just be honest, those ones I don't even want to read. You look at them and you just don't even want to acknowledge the grief, the pain of what those people must be experiencing. Unbeliever and believer are the same when it comes to experiencing the highs and deep, deep lows of living in a fallen world. The difference is the believer is never alone. The presence of the living God is always with them. The God of all comfort is always with them. The spirit intercedes for them with groans that we cannot even imagine. Therefore, whether it's a mountaintop or a valley, we can cry out to God and say, thank you, Lord, because of your son, Jesus, I am never alone. We're going to sing a song here. Well, I'm going to ask you to stay seated as we cut to the campuses. Just stay seated for this. I want this song to soak in as, as Jill and as sings for us that he is, he is, whether you're on a mountaintop today or you find yourself in worship and you came in on a valley, you are never alone because of Jesus.